Ever dreamt of quitting your job, selling your possessions, and traveling the world? We did, and now we're making it a reality and a podcast. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode 16 of Live Let Rome. For our next few episodes, we'll be highlighting several locations across Turkey. And we spent a month exploring Turkey and went through some tough spots along the way, but we left with lots of stories to tell. Now, our first stop was in Fethiye. We were there for just a few days, and then we headed to wonderful natural and ancient wonder in Pamukkale. So let's talk about our adjustments. The thing about Turkey that made it a little bit different is, let's say... The expectation we had for Turkey, we thought, would be a little bit easier since we had a not-so-rough time in Albania. A lot of folks spoke English, and we thought, hey, if this is Albania, who's been shut off from the world, Turkey should be nothing, a piece of cake. A little more modern, maybe easier to transition, but we actually found right from the get-go some problems. I know with the language, we noticed that no one spoke English in Fethiye. I mean, no one. (laughs) Well, it was very limited, and I was surprised by that. I was like, oh, it's been open, and you always hear of people across the world heading to Turkey because it's so such a great deal in affordability, but language was still a barrier there. Yeah, so right away, we ran into the Vodafone store, got our SIM chip, which helped. At least we had some translations on our phone, which was absolutely necessary for directions or information. Yeah, I think most of those issues that we led into was a little bit of the language barrier. Where are we? Turkey is huge. It spans a great distance from the European continent, reaching all the way to the Asian continent. And it's surrounded by water on three sides, the Black, the Aegean, and the Mediterranean Seas. We kicked off our Turkey experience in the town of Fethiye, which is located on the lower western coast of Turkey, just 45 miles away from Rhodes, Greece, our previous destination. Pamakali is 122 miles north of Fethiye, and about three hours by bus. The population of Fethiye is just over 162,000, making it comparable to the U.S. city of Macon, Georgia. Pamukkale is only at 31,000, or just a little bit over that, which makes it comparable to the U.S. city of Anaheim, California. Time for some quick facts. Fethiye is located in the old ancient city of Telmesos whose ruins can be seen all around the city. The city got its current name in 1934 in honor of Captain Fethi Bey, one of the first pilots of the Ottoman Air Force who died while attempting to complete the first flight from Istanbul to Cairo. Pamakali means cotton castle, named after the natural occurrence of carbonite minerals left by the flowing thermal spring waters. This wonder has been drawing visitors as far back as the 8th century B.C., The ancient Greek city of Hierapolis was built on top of the Travertine Formation, which is in total about 8,860 feet long, 1,970 feet wide, and 525 feet high. 
And it is definitely a sight to see. It is something to behold. How to get around. There are a few options where you can travel from Greece to Turkey by ferry. We traveled to Fethiye from Rhodes by ferry, and it was about 35 euros and took only about an hour and a half. Turkey did present some of its own challenges getting around. Each city was different, and based on our research, the Dolmas was the most consistent way to navigate around Turkey. A Dolmas is like a shared taxi van or minibus, and they have many set routes between the cities. In Fethiye, we stayed locally, and we walked to most places. Although, we did see several Dolmases, and you can take them to different parts of the city. In Pamukkale, we did end up taking a Dolmas. We had a low-cost ticket to the main city, Densley, and from there you take a Dolmas to Pamukkale, and it was just about $9. Now, I know, Eric, we had the biggest thing with navigating in Turkey is the language issue. So... That was the number one thing that we rushed up against about. Yeah, in Turkey, especially in these towns outside of Istanbul, I think you want to have some translation available on your phone. We use Google Translation. To do that, you need a SIM card. So one of your first things you want to do is get a SIM card when you get in Turkey. It's going to help just save you a lot of time and get you around to the places without guessing. Wonderful tip. Where we stayed and for how long? Fethiye was our first real OF moment. And navigating the streets was chaotic. In fact, some of the streets and sidewalks were completely torn up from construction, and Google Maps didn't match up with the locations given. So it was a real unique challenge getting to our first Airbnb. And people, as we mentioned, didn't understand English, but we finally got some help from a shop owner who stepped in to help us. Uh, we spent a long time getting to our Airbnb just to find out that it was pretty subpar in a commercial building so we changed it the next day and after an exhausting in the moment search the following day and several meditational calming breaths we found a wonderful location at the city life demir near the marina in downtown fetier we stayed in fetier overall five nights six days we didn't have to break the budget even though we booked that other hotel last minute we paid about 54 dollars a night to stay here and it was our most expensive stay in Turkey. And we'll talk about where we stayed in Pamukkale in the standout moments, since it really was an essential part of that trip. Time for our standout moments for Fethiye. Basically, let's take day one of Fethiye off the table. Didn't have the best experience navigating and with the hotel. After we ironed that out, I think things fell into place great for us. I think you call that taking a mulligan on the first day of the trip. <laughs> Something we did learn about this whole turkey experience, especially with Fethiye, is not let some initial rough spots determine the whole environment and your attitude for the rest of the trip. We have to make intentional decisions to let it go. Yes, we had little tough spots, but really take a moment to enjoy. And when we step back, we really looked at Fethiye. We did mention we stayed by the marina. The marina is one of the main destination things that you do around Fethiye. Yes, it was wonderful. Once we checked in, once we walked the marina, we saw all these boats that were for hire and really was one of our standout moments was our boat trip. We reserved 24 hours ticket in advance. It was like you pay in advance with cash. I think it was like $20 per person for a four-hour tour with four stops, stopping at different islands, and it was fantastic. You'll see them advertise all along the pier. It's something like 10 or 12 islands in four hours. 
it's super easy to book. Yes, you can look at booking things online, but you're going to get the best rate and a great experience by just speaking to the merchants right there. Yeah, and did have enough English to get by to know we were booking. I think I had something transcribed on Google, and it was a great experience. It also included a nice barbecue lunch on board. So the next day, we took off from 8, 8 a.m., one of the things about Fete that they're known for is these gullet boats and a specific type of sailcraft and they're gorgeous wood and there's luxurious areas. So there was more than enough space. I can't remember how much. There's probably like 20 to 25 people. Maybe about 20 maximum. I'd say about 15. It wasn't crowded at no time. We spread out. We sat in the back of the boat, cushioned seats. We met a lot of cool people on the boat too. So you can choose to ride the boat as you're going to these spots on the top and there's sun decks or down below. There's a lot of different opportunities. And then you get these meal tickets. I think it's like chicken or fish, but the meal was fantastic. And what we love best about the boat, there were three different swimming spots that we ended up stopping at. If you're looking to swim anywhere around Turkey, Fethiye is going to be your best bet. I think so. Yeah, we stayed in other locations. This was our top water destination in Turkey. I also like that it stopped at an island at one point. So they have free swimming in beautiful locations, clear blue water. So that really made it a diverse experience as well. Yeah, we swam a lot that our arms ended up hurting the next day. <laughs> and avoiding the sea urchins, uh, wear water shoes if you have them. There was a great jumping contest off the bow, if you recall those crazy Australians jumping off and cannonballing <laughs> off the bow. It was fun. Yeah, we had a great time. So next, after the boat trip, I want to talk a little bit about the food. The food in Turkey is unique. It's a different experience. If you've never had Turkish food, we do recommend it. And one of the things that we really enjoyed was a very authentic kebab spot in Fethiye. Now, I'm going to try this name, and I know I'm pronouncing this wrong. We went to Durmasu Yumit Usta Karsi Sub. Long name equals delicious. Really had some great both chicken and lamb kebabs. They did the pilafs. They bring out raw parsley with your meal, which is interesting, and this pepper sauce that you spread onto the kebabs, which was great. And what the highlight was is the stacks and stacks of this fresh, homemade, chewy lavash bread. Absolutely divine. A lot of the restaurants are built as grill meat places, and then you order some sides with it. So that's a lot of the tradition that we serve. Yeah, so that was one of my top meals actually across Turkey was this kebab restaurant in Fenty. Really enjoyed it. It was very tasty. Next, another standout moment for me was a hookah bar. So hookah, if you don't know what those are, water pipes commonly in Middle Eastern countries, and they're very popular in Turkey and in Fethiye. There's this place called the Address Cafe, which is right across from where you book the boats in the marina. And we actually went there twice, once for lunch, and then one time I just reserved a table by the water, booked a hookah. It's just a great place online. And they online. have free Wi-Fi. Yeah, free Wi-Fi too, to translate what you want to order yes. and point to it. The hookah is kind of nice, relaxing. It's really part of their culture. You can get the tobacco in different flavors. I went with a double apple, which is a common flavor. And just nice sit and watch people, watch the boats bob up and down. You got something unique. They call it vitamin water. It's not the vitamin water we're familiar with in the States, but it was a like a flavored water that you had. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> if I got it at that time. I got it later in the trip, but I know we kept seeing it pop up on a couple different menus. And when I finally ordered, I knew it wasn't going to be vitamin water, but it was still quite tasty. Fetier, I'll round out at least a couple of my standout moments. Again, the boat trip. 
I'd say these authentic kebabs that you can get in the local restaurants. And the hookah bar is a great place to just really dive into the culture. We knew when we wanted to go to Turkey that we wanted to do some boat trips, so we did do that. The other thing that we seek out is that Turkey has a ton of an ancient history. And you're looking for that. My way to look at it as easily is you go to Google Maps, and I know it isn't accurate a lot of the time, but what you can do is you see attractions. And when you look at attractions, sometimes you get lesser known things to visit in certain areas that might be curious. This is how I found the rock tombs in Fethiye. Now, Fethiye has these rock tombs that date back to the 4th century BC. They're known as the ancient city of Telmosis, and these rock tombs are the Amentus rock tombs. These rock tombs I can only describe if you've seen Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, the end part, and it's the actually it's Petra, and it's this facade of a temple carved into a rock face. And Telmosis has about three of these rock faces that look very similar. Just not rosy like in the Last Crusade, but absolutely beautiful. What I liked about these rock tombs, they're carved in the side of this mountain, is it's so untouched and natural. Like it's not very fluffy or there's not a lot of plaques around it. It is just as it was left hundreds of years ago. And on the way to the tomb, what I also remember was funny is there's actually tombs in the middle of streets that people are driving cars down. They actually have to go to the right or left of a, an old ancient tomb that happens to be built in the middle of a street. Never seen anything like that. Really is untouched. It's just really interesting. It's probably about, from the marina, about 15 to 20 minute walk. And you are going a little bit uphill, but it's a relatively easy walk. You can use Google and it, this one was relatively accurate. So there was not too many trouble using the Google aspect. But as you're passing, you're seeing the ancient tombs and burials of this city before. So this is something that's a common thread with Turkey. You're going to see so much history older than we just seen in all our visits prior. And one of the things I enjoyed about the rock tombs and other tombs across Turkey is that you see carved names and dates in the side of the wall, like 1852. And someone was there, carved this in from way back when. And it's, it's just interesting to see that, I think. Well, as we were recording this, our Indiana Jones scenes, which we had posted a while back on our Instagram, we came across this cute little stray dog. And he was like a little speckled, so he blended in. I'm like, is there a dog up there? So <laughs> if you look at our Instagram back uh, in June, you'll see them. We named him Buster, and he was so cute, and I gave him a little speech about how he was the little baby angel protecting all the souls that were buried in these tombs before, but adorable. Yeah, the tomb's top standout moment. Okay, so after we walked out of these tombs, if you go straight across, there's an opportunity to visit a castle. This castle is still under construction and not super accessible, but just some, some more historical sites to see. What you do get to see is a view of Fethiye from above all the way down to the marina. So if you like to see those vistas or get some great panoramic shots, you can go ahead and it's a, probably about a 10 minute walk east of where their tombs are. And then you can easily take your way back down through the streets, which we had some cute local cats following us. Oh, we did have a cat that followed us about a three quarters of a mile down the hill. And <laughs> we got a video of him following us. Yeah, in Fethiye, again, this is very walkable to see this. It's great. You can stay near the marina, and you can walk 20 minutes and be at a super historical site. So it's a great diversity of experiences. 
And that was not even the first cat that followed us. We had an initial cat that met us at the tombs. They came out and for some snuggles. I have episodes coming up on the cat blogs, tons about the cats of Turkey. Yeah, yeah. And there's one in particular that we met during our Turkish breakfast. So what's cool about Turkey is they, a lot of the hotels offer a buffet Turkish breakfast, which our hotel did. And we met a cuddly little one. It was a nice little calico cat. And we ended up naming it Waffles. It was just a hotel cat. A lot of these shops may have a cat. He just walked. He had his little food bowl in the front. He would lay on the check-in area and lounge. And actually sweet enough to come and sit with you if you called him over. But why did we call him Waffles? Waffles. I want to say maybe the (laughs) second or third day we were there. I think we missed him. We couldn't see him for a day. And I was like, oh, I wonder where this cat went. It greets us every morning. So as I'm waiting for Eric to come down, I sit on this bench and look up and I see on a low graded ceiling, he's laying in between on top of this graded ceiling with his little fuzz coming out of the grid system vents. And that's why I say he was Waffles the cat because he looked like he was sitting in a waffle line. Yeah. So the Turkish breakfast came with waffles, not the typical ones, but the the, the feline waffles. He was sleeping. That's where he slept. He slept in the ceiling grate. And looked down at me because I was like, oh, please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. But he was just sleeping. Yeah, the animals will get more and further episodes in Turkey. But the animals are a big part of the culture across Turkey, which we really enjoyed. <laughs> now on to Pamakali, which is our second stop off of Fetie. To start, let's actually talk about the name Pamakali and how to pronounce it. So I actually went to book our local bus tickets call and I was like, two tickets to Pamekuli, please. And quickly they didn't know what I was talking about. I had to write it and translate it. So it is pronounced Pamakali. That was interesting, just getting our tickets to go there. Uh, that was which... his confidence of coming back. Christy, <laughs> it's not Pamakali, it's Pamekuli. <laughs> No, it's Pamakali. See, I constantly... Uh, so anyway, the, <laughs> the name... The only thing he got, right? Yeah, the good. place with the unique name, Pamakali. And it actually getting there was a, an adventure all to itself. We booked a local ticket. I actually booked the wrong Dolmas bus. It was a local ticket. Later to know that there's a whole bus line, Pamakali, that goes all over Turkey and has super nice buses, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the local bus stopped at every little nook and cranny on the way to Pamakali. And it was really interesting. The driver was like huffing cologne while he's driving. So cologne is a big thing in Turkey. They put it on napkins and like smell it along the way. I didn't understand this. It was interesting. It was very interesting because I noticed the cologne in restaurants too. Because we Eric had picked it up and thought it was hand sanitizer. But it, it looked like the Spanish cologne you get in the Spanish aisle. And I was like, that's cologne. And when we got on the bus, it was one of the things he offered. And he, the bus driver just sprayed a couple of jiggers of this scented cologne that you can put on under your mask. It was scary. It was interesting. I don't think it had anything to do with COVID, by the way. I think it really is just part of the culture, this cologne. If anyone knows about this use of cologne across Turkey, it was all over the place. Please write us, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting, just getting to Pamakale. When we arrived, we arrived at our hotel, which I recommend, actually, Sunrise Aya Hotel, which is right at the base of the Travertines, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
this hotel, very small, very rural part of the town, family run, very nice, welcoming place, very simple, but it's best feature it had a thermal pool that you could swim in so fed from the natural spring waters from the travertines was right there and the reason why you're going to the city pomacali is this is a destination so it has this natural wonder of these travertines that are it looks like melted wax and we said in the intro that pomacali is cotton candy and that's the description of what it stands for. Yeah, walking on these travertines is really a unique experience, but it all starts with where we stayed. So as we're talking about the travertines, we mentioned the Sunrise Hotel is five minutes away. It was a perfect jumping off point to say a lot of people do this trip within from either Istanbul or they go from Ishmir Fethiye. Either way, it's about three hours away from Ishmir and about three hours away from Fethiye. If you stay in the town, you have a couple opportunities. One, you can get there before all the crowds come in by the tourist bus, so great opportunity. And then just opportunity to just take in the site. So that's something that we did. We stayed at this hotel. Next following morning, I think you can get in on a certain side at 6 a.m., but we chose to get in at, I think it was 8-ish that we got in. And you start at the bottom of the Travertines and you work your way up. Now, there's different areas where you can start at the top, but starting at the bottom gives you a jump ahead of these tourist buses. So it gives you alone time with these wonderful ancient sites. You're looking at melted, what looks like melted wax cliffs, thermal pools of water coming down that you can even see within the city on the drainage you have the thermal waters going by. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah, and what was great about arriving at the Sunrise Hotel the night before is not only could you get in early before all the tour buses come, that evening it was closing down, but we walked around and had some wonderful sunset pictures around the Travertines and really got a feel for what this was throughout the day. What I enjoyed most is you. we wake up early, we're getting ready to go in these travertines. Is before you... we jump into that, as you were talking about the night before, there was a wonderful spot. So at that bottom, there's a large lake that you can even take these swan boats to go oh, yeah, through. That's right. <laughs> and this costs nothing. And that's why I wanted to take the moment to mention this. You do pay to go up the travertines, but at this lower spot, you can actually visit a portion of it for free. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great free thing to do the night before and an advantage if you go the night before. All right. So when we wake up in the morning, we read about this, that you cannot wear shoes on the travertine. So you're going to go barefoot. So you want to wear flip-flops. It's only a short walk from the sunrise across the town to the entrance. I think it was like $10 to go to the travertines for all day. And they're very particular about your footwear, that your feet are clean, that you're walking it's on like these. Five dollars, actually. It's five dollars. Yeah. I mean, it was it was not even mentioning the cost. It was so inexpensive. But you take off your shoes and then you walk on this calcium, and the water's running down. It's refreshing on the feet, but you feel like you're gonna slip and fall at any moment. But you don't. You have this unusual grip on your feet. So it's the most unique experience as far as walking in water I've ever had because you're walking uphill up this mountain on this calcium with different pools alongside that you can rest in. And you make your way up, I don't know, it's about a, what, a half mile, three quarter of a mile up to the top? Yeah, and if you do it early enough, you bypass in these lower pools that you're in, you you can basically do it with a handful of people. Later in the day, as the buses come in, it's people soup, and you don't really want to do it at that time. 
But I would say it's equivalent to walking on pumice stone. Yes. So you expect it to be way slippery because it's super smooth looking, but you have pretty decent grip with your bare feet. But if you have issues maybe standing or keeping your balance, maybe not the best yeah. thing to visit. So you get a pedicure by going to the travertines, a free pedicure. Yeah. It actually cleans the bottom of your feet. But what was funny is they're very picky, as I mentioned, when you first arrive in the morning. Christy was leaning against the travertine. Remember, I was taking your picture, and you got busted. They were yelling at you, get off the travertine. Like, like when they're well, like, they weren't yelling. Well, they were It they was were just upset. forbidden. <laughs> forbidden. But you actually had to move your back off the travertine. But later in the day, we saw like hundreds of people posing in the same way. I think the rules in the afternoon kind of get thrown out. But in the morning, they're really particular. Okay, I was barely touching it, but what they're doing <laughs> is their job to protect a consistent natural wonder. So I don't hate on that. That's appropriate. No. Either way. <laughs> so we made our way to the top of the travertine. Then you can rearrange your shoes, put them on, and on to our next standout moment. Okay, and at the top of the travertines, what to do? So when you get to the top, there's a nice little food court. You take an opportunity to better get a bite or snack because you think, oh, this is all we have to see. Absolutely not. In your ticket with the Travertines includes visiting the ancient city of Heropolis. And Heropolis is one of those treasures, once again, that you really understand the gravity of Turkey's history. This is everything that you've read about from years prior. You're going to see it. It's an ancient city built on the top. This location has been a destination to visit since antiquity. Yeah, and Heropolis is a sight to behold. It is, at this point, the most impressive natural historical grounds I've ever visited. It just takes your breath away, and it goes on and on and on for at least a mile and a half. And crumbling ruins, gates, latrines, all these different places you can visit. And it's just supernatural again. And it was a little hot. We had glad we wore white shirts. I think I was. it was pretty hot in June in Turkey. Besides that, bring some water with you. But it was just fantastic to take the pictures and to just really be with this history. So you have the option of you can go to the food, you can walk on the top, and you can get views of the lower area of Travertines and visit There's different sites. There's a little stadium. But what there is is also another place. It's known as Cleopatra's Pool. Now, with Cleopatra's Pool, there's another, it's another food area. It's a thermal pool. And yes, it's a little kitschy. If you're there for the day and you're not staying there, then it's worth the kitsch because it's the thermal pools. This is ancient healing waters. But be prepared for people soup. We did not do the pools, and it's an extra fee to go in the pool. We chose not to do it because our hotel at the Sunrise Aya had its own thermal pool that was cleansed basically every two days. So the get this family that owned it was fastidious, and basically we had it to ourselves. So why not spend time just two people in the pool instead of people soup? Yeah, and we hung out at the pool. We had lunch there. I think we got some kebabs. The pool looked cool. It was clean water, thermal water, and they had the structures underneath, columns, which was cool looking, but I agree. Oh, I remember something else you can do that was by the the pool. the amphitheater. No, the museum that was right on the Real quick, remember we looked at the amphitheater and we're like, another amphitheater? 
walk to the top in 90 degree weather we're like nah let's pass no, we, in the amphitheater we passed on the amphitheater because <laughs> it was too darn hot so we chose the museum and the museum was a collection of pieces that were from the area of Hillopolis and you get to see but when i say it's like they had a ton of stuff just in the outside let's call it the on deck they still had some oh. cool stuff that was on deck and in cleopatra's pools they do have some ruins and some columns that you're actually swimming with. Yeah. So that's what makes it kind of cool is, yes, it's a man-made pool, but yes, it's the thermal springs with ancient columns from Heropolis in it. I mean, if you like ancient ruins from BC and before, and I've never seen a collection like this. You got to understand this Heropolis goes on for a mile and a half. And then they have just rooms and rooms and rooms full of these crumbling statues and bird statues and it's just, it's almost overwhelming. Like, it's that much. Yeah, and the museum was a way to get out because there was air conditioning to step out from the heat because we were in Turkey in June. So it was a little warm. Not the heat stroke that the rest of the world was having, but it was a little warm. But I think it's the combination. When I say standout moments of Pamukkale, is the combination of these travertines next to Heropolis. I've never seen anything with that diversity of things to do, interesting, both refreshing, exercise the ancient sites it really was a one-of-a-kind place so going into our questions we talked about Fetier and Hamakali yes Hamakali <laughs> so what did you like best about each of those stays Fetier and Pamakali and what did you like the least well I definitely would return to Fetier and I really liked the boat experience and the water being by the water it reminded me a lot of Hawaii you know going out on a boat trip in Hawaii so I love that so that was amazing I would definitely visit Fetier again. Fetier and Fetier, I really enjoyed the boat trip and the tombs because yes. it was the best of both worlds. If you wanted to see nature and beyond the water, you had that option. If you wanted to see the history, you also had that option, but it was in a relatively close distance. And what did I like the least? For me, I would say difficult with the language, a little bit bumps in the road with the culture, Made it a unique experience. Memorable now, you can laugh at it, but I just remember trying to order, I'll give you the story, going in to order a Starbucks coffee, just a drip black coffee, takes about 30 minutes just to really translate that. I didn't think it'd be that challenging. And then what was funny, I got my cup and instead of Eric on it, they wrote Igor on it. So, so just cool. know so that you really, it's this is one of the most difficult translation areas. So get your SIM card, get your Google Translate out. But that's what I like least. But I mean, once you get over that and you get used to some of these little bumps, it was fantastic. I think what you have to understand that things are going to be more challenging and we all kind of don't like to be challenged. We like to be in a, you know, in our comfort zone. So to, when it takes you out of those comfort zones, you tend to have a little scrapes. So it can be perceived as the least, but all in all, when you look back on it, not too bad. Yeah. And the comforts of home, you take for granted sometimes the even the streets and sidewalks and some of these were literally decimated in fact for they were doing construction from the store door entrance to the next door store entrance across the street completely demolished it actually looked like a bomb went off for about a mile which was i didn't know what you do with that but usually you know construction on one side of the street switch to the other so that was unique it was just crumbling rocks on the roads but they do things a little different there you just adjust you just walk down a different street now, would you plan to return? And if yes, what else would you like to do and or see? Yes, I would return to Fetier. I would return to Pamakali. 
I would spend more time in Fethiye. I think it was my one of my favorite places across Turkey. Once you understand the culture, you could easily spend a couple weeks there. No problem. I think I would definitely return to Fethiye, but I would continue along the island coast because there are a lot of offshoot islands like Bodrum and Marmaris that within vicinity of Fethiye, I would like to explore those areas more. And Pamukkale, I thought it was a wonderful, beautiful place. Do I need to visit there every time? No, but I may like it if I need my little boost of thermal healing waters. Yeah, I think it is a once in a lifetime visit just because it is a little challenging to get there. It takes a lot of time. It takes at least a full day just to get there. And you have I recommend staying overnight. So I probably wouldn't go back to Pamakali, but I'm really, really glad I did it. So if it's your but first time. But I would time, definitely go back to Fetier oh, and then yes. work way up the coast. But Pamakali is worth a visit and spend more than just a day trip there. And if you only spend a day trip, then I would say return. But if you did a longer stay, like a day or two, I think you're pretty much good. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy. <laughs> Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Here's a quote from Walt Disney. All the adversity I've had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. You may not realize it when it happens, but a kick in the teeth may be the best thing in the world for you. So don't let an initial negative moment flavor the rest of your experience. Make an intentional decision to change your outlook. Of course, after you had your steam releasing rants. Get your SIM card for Turkey. English is not widely and comfortably spoken and will make navigating much easier. Visit Fetier. It's 100% worth seeing. Take a boat ride and visit the rock tombs. Visit Pamakali for more than a day trip. Start early for a truly memorable experience. Next country and city, Izmir, Turkey. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live Let Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, get out and roam. <laughs>